Last week we looked at the fact that there's no shortage of things that are swirling around us, external things that buy and try to rob us of our joy. The biggest of those, as the scriptures talk and says and describe Satan as a thief, one who has come, his sole purpose to come to steal and to destroy. He's a thief and he prowls around, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, like a roaring lion looking to devour. What to rob us of our joy? There's external things and there's also internal things. Mindsets that we have, things that we do, things that we say, things that we have control over that also contribute to robbing us of our joy. And last week we spent time in John chapter two, the wedding feast of Cana, and we saw and looked at having faulty expectations, faulty expectations that we can have of ourselves, of living in a spot, of thinking that we have to give and be more than what we're capable of doing. And the Lord just says, just bring me the water. Fill the chugs with water. Living in the spot of thinking that we can do more than what we're capable of doing robs us of joy. And also the faulty expectation of God. Having the faulty expectation of God also robs us of joy. Expecting too little from God, not counting on him to do the impossible. We're in our lives, we looked at where we're not expecting enough for God. This week, I wanna look at what we tend to do, what's increasingly it seems that we're doing, and that is othering each other. Othering each other robs us of joy. It's a robber of joy. So I wanna spend our, our time this morning, that we heard the long reading from first, or Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. We're in chapter 12, continue to be in chapter 12 last week, this week. And next week, and it's a rich passage that's stressing the fact that we're united. Paul compares the church to a body, right? And just as the body has many parts, he says, and in this comparison of, of, of the church as a body isn't to say that it's a metaphor of Christ. He is fully present here within us. So since his ascension, Christ is present now within his body, within you and me. And so Paul says in verse 12, he says, all the parts of the body, though many, they are one body. So also the members of Christ. And he goes on to say, if a, if a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. So it's like, again, just, just think of that image of a foot turning and say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It's silly. Or in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. <laughs> Think of an eye, right? Paul's driving to the point, what would you have if you just had an eye? It would lose the functionality of an eye, an eye separation. It's the stress here is that to be human is to say that we are we're social beings, that we need each other. Conventional wisdom points to this, right? S sayings that we have, you know, united we stand, divided we fall, all for one, one for all, in union there is strength. Conventional wisdom, we know this. The problem is, is that we be we're becoming increasingly disunited. As a culture, as a society, the, tr the tribalism the polarization is just getting thicker 
and is getting deeper and it robs us of joy. And I think because too often we think the church is a political body, which again, second reading today is the church is, the church is a mystical body. But because we've forgotten that, we've forgotten that the church throughout history, throughout the 2000 years that the church has been here, the church has always been a catalyst of bringing enemies together. You know, you think of, um, you think of Jesus calling the apostles, you think of Peter, who was a fisherman. You think of then uh, Matthew, who was a tax collector. And those of you that have seen Father Burke and I talk about the series Chosen, you've seen the scene where Peter is walking with Jesus and the disciples and they see Matthew in the tax collecting posts. Who Matt, Matthew's a thief, he's a traitor. And so Peter's walking with Jesus and Jesus points to Matthew and says, come and follow me. Peter turns to Jesus and says, what are you doing calling him? And Jesus turns to Peter and says, I called you, didn't I? Peter says, well, that was different. And, and then that, that iconic line that the chosen interprets, Jesus turns to Peter and says, well, get used to different. Because there were enemies, but they were brought together, and here's the key, in Christ. This is what Paul is stressing. There is unity, authentic unity, that no, you even remember, you know, in, in January, there was this great talk about the desire for us to have unity. Have we become more union, more united? But it's the point of the fact that there's no political party, there's no group that can bring us together. We are, the, the thing that brings us together is being rooted in Jesus Christ. But what do we tend to do? We tend to other one another. And the devil's at work in this and so much and othering one another brings and it, it leads to, to self-righteousness. It is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is the need for us to, to feel superior over others. And it's a silly game to play because it always robs us of joy. But because of sin, because of the fall, we all have this need in us, this need to feel superior to somebody somehow. That's why I asked Father Burke to play tennis with me all the time, right? Like, so, like, but we have it in us, all of us, this need in us to feel superior over somebody somehow. And I'll look at it, I'll, look, try, I'll search, I'll search, I'll try to find it any way I can because that's in us. The more people we feel better than, the better we feel about ourselves. That's self-righteousness. And, and we can take any particular thing, anything, and make ourselves feel superior to other people. I wear a mask, so I, feel, so I feel superior to people who don't. I don't wear a mask. Those unintelligent people who do. Or looking down and feeling superior over those who voted for the other guy. It's not to say that these things don't matter. They do matter. And there needs to be talk and discussion about them. But the question is for us as Christians, the question is, am I self-righteous? Do I have this sense of being superior over another? Am I othering people? 
That's a robber of joy. Because at the end of the day, it's ultimate. It's why Jesus railed on the scribes and the Pharisees over and over and over again all the time. Because at the end of the day, we're not better than anybody because we're all in need of the same amount of grace for salvation. And so we crave unity. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, is that we can have it and it can't happen. As things look dire as far as the, tribal, the tribalism and the polarization that's going on, as Christians, unity can happen. Unity in our hearts can happen first, and unity can happen on a more macro level when it's rooted and grounded and found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's talking about. And the process of becoming one, right, of humanizing our enemies, of what Jesus did over and over and over again. In a time where we become more disunited, this is an act of the Holy Spirit because only God can change hearts. Only God can change hearts. And it's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, that unites us together, and our hearts can be changed. That's the good news of the gospel. Well, we need to be rooted in Jesus Christ. Unity is found in Christ. And as Christians, let us, let us start here at Notre Dame with looking different than the world and being agents of change and not other people because that's only a robber of joy.